Because the last time you're on here, it's like, ah, oh, I've got this podcast about weed. It's, it's really important. It's a huge market. It's growing. We're starting a platform. And then I look on the internet, and it's yeah. like, Aaron Lehrer is doing a podcast about Bitcoin with Jay Caspian Kang. He's, it's called Coin Guys. What the hell Coin is it talk. called? Coin, Coin Talk. talk. Coin See, talk. Uh, that's the thing. So it's just like, You can't transition from stoner to Bitcoin. You don't like it. It's not that I don't like it. It's, it's, it's like a religious awakening of some sort. What the hell happened? Was I mean, it, you, first of all, those you, things aren't that different. Than how high are we? <laughs> so is Stoner yeah. gone? No, no, it's just on hiatus. It'll come back for another, another season. <laughs> I'm sorry. That wasn't I'm even sorry. a joke. Yeah, I know. But it hasn't been to class in like three months. When your weed <laughs> podcast is on hiatus, it's, it's a, a bad sign. You were moving production to Colorado. I yeah. did. Uh, I did. It's, it. a, it's an event oh, right the now. Mics the, west. the mics are in the van. <laughs> Francis and the Lights. Co- co-songwriter. Co-songwriter in Francis and the Lights, which is a very uh, sort of Kardashian-associated band. That I would I would not go that far. Okay, but I mean, it's it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Kanye's <laughs> I would not I would not make that claim. Okay, so there's Francis and the Lights. There's the long-form podcast. Correct. There is Stoner, the weed podcast, currently on hiatus. It's about weed and creativity. And now there's a new thing. I got a new thing. Also, you just had a kit. And I did have a kit. This is an international man. How? And I also went on tour. How, how, you went on tour with Francis Lloyd. And Chance the Rapper. Wow. What was that like? <laughs> that was fun. Show. Did you make any weed-based adjustments to your life after the birth of your beautiful um, daughter? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually cut back on, on the weed use just because I'm very busy. And I've talked on the show about having kind of an addictive nature, I say, as I sip my second Diet Coke It's here. true. You chain drink. There was a period I, I feel like I was smoking weed like it was like cigarettes. Like I, I, I have a pretty high tolerance to it. I think I just got kind of addicted to the smoking part of it. So, mm. um, so, so basically, I've... Uh, Switched being my addiction to uh, like blockfolio Pod- now. No, no, my addiction is now just uh, updating like cryptocurrency prices. Oh, okay. So it's a great time for cryptocurrency the last couple of weeks. Uh, so first, terrible first of all, time the last the couple of weeks. The podcast is called Coin Talk. Coin Talk. It's produced in partnership with Medium. Oh, with Medium. Okay. And your co-host on this is another person who's not normally associated with cryptocurrency, a guy named Jay Caspian. That's correct. That's correct. I've never met him, but he's a very well-known, well-respected journalist. He's on uh, Vice News Tonight on HBO. He's a uh, writer at large for the New York Times Magazine, and he was one of the founding editors of Grantland. But again, these are not Bitcoin-related qualifications. That's correct. Which that's is correct. nice. That's, yeah, that's how cool. it should be, right? We, we, when did you get obsessed with cryptocurrency? Not very long ago. I did not really get super interested in it until 2017 and I will say most of the people I've met who are really into it got into it in the last year I mean there is a definitely an OG class but I I think that's right I once heard someone describe it that basically the size of the audience was like doubling every month and a half so that means that 50% of the people are like new all the time And, and that's very evident in the culture and the media around it it's a lot of people getting very obsessed very quickly learning and getting the religion yes did that happen to you it struck me as a really incredible entertainment product right that doesn't necessarily mean i believe it's good for the world and it also doesn't necessarily mean that i drink the entire political Kool-Aid 
that comes with it. But what I saw when I kind of got into it was that it was like combining a lot of stuff I'm pretty interested in. Like it has elements of startup technology and media world, but it also has some game theory and some like just like gambling y stuff. And I also think that people who are like, say, um, investing their own time and resources in startup technology are doing a form of gambling that oh, has hell yeah. a risk and oh, it has yeah. a reward and it has a strategy and other people can sort of watch them and, actually and health- handicap whether they're going to succeed or not and potentially even stake them financially. It's healthier to see it as gambling. It sure is. Because it, it's, if, if you see startups as a business, you're an idiot. No. <laughs> For real. Like, I mean, that's just a ter- – it's not – none of those things – nothing is proven. Correct. So you're, that's you're the, really – That's the excitement. Yeah. Right? Like, and if you're right 55% of the time, you can be very successful. Well, this is what's tricky about that world, right, is that you're creating this portfolio. You're counting on a couple hits, and you're willing to take – if you're a good VC, yep. you're willing to just put, like, chip after chip down on that roulette wheel – and lose ninety percent of the well, money. That's, that the goes out there. Yep. that's the model. That's the right? model. That's how it works. But that psychologically, that's really tricky too. Because on the startup side, what they tend to do is convince you that it's a real business and that their money is like a serious investment, and they would like to see that return. Like it's this very well, psychologically imbalanced thing. I, I I said this to you many many years ago. Yep. You have to be delusional to some extent to really go after it. Yep. Like it's actually necessary. You have to convince yourself. That everything is going to line up when nothing ever lines up and 40% of the things break. I mean, the reality, too, is you have to be fluid when they break. You have to be fluid when they break, but you have to be irrational to really go. Because anybody you pitch an idea to that has it together, that has a 401k, will look at you and say, look, you sound really excited about this, Rich. You really should go after it because that's your dream. But what they really mean is, you're an idiot. You'll have to go get a job yep. eventually. Go do it. But go, yeah, I don't want to deal with you. Go learn your. Go learn your lesson. Go yeah, I don't. I don't want to deal with you until you figured this shit out. Exactly. It's too exhausting. So let's dial back. Yeah. Uh, every time I ask someone to define cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. they become philosophers. And I never get the same damn thing. Okay, well, first first I'll say I'm going to pick up where you left off. So most software seems like it's probably going to fail. Most uh, startup digital projects, the odds are just incredibly long. So Bitcoin is digital money. It's someone making digital money and trying to create a system for it that will flourish and compete with all the other forms of money in the world. Um, without the backing of a state. That's at its core, I think, what Bitcoin is. And I think the second largest currency is Ethereum. And the best way I've ever been able to understand Ethereum is that it's programmable money. It's money that both has value and can execute code that will, in some ways, change, transform, divide, move, what have you, uh, with that money. And all of the other cryptocurrencies are variants on those ideas. Um, and they're being traded on exchanges against each other, they're being very lightly used. And as technologists, that's the thing, no one's spending them, you, right? You guys would go, wow, these are some pretty primitive projects that are pretty vaporware. Most of these projects are pretty vaporware. Yeah. And, and Bitcoin is much further along, 
you know, its own arc as a piece of software than a lot of them because it's existed for longer. On the other hand, the ones that have come out since Bitcoin have in many ways improved on some of the designs. So it would be difficult to say which one is further along in, you know, towards whatever it's going to become. I, can I say something? Yeah. I'm Lebanese. Yeah. The Lebanese lira yeah. is vaporware. There are a lot of currencies <laughs> in the world that are less stable than Bitcoin. Exactly. And and you that has happened in Zimbabwe as um, you know, the national currency fell apart and there was a run on banks. People were trading into Bitcoin and they were doing it at rates that were 2x premiums just because that was there was only one Bitcoin exchange. Safe haven. So as currencies decline, I do think people will probably push money into digital currencies and yeah, places with, um, you know, vaporware currencies. Currency, yeah. It may be a very good bet. Yeah. What is your portfolio like? So. I believe really strongly in like experiencing these things. I think you would agree. Like you don't want to get lectured about Twitter by someone who's not on Twitter. Yeah. You really have to like experience technology to get it, I think. So that's a lot of my interest. Like I'm okay. both trying to make money, but I'm also doing it so I can talk about it on the show. It's, just, it's, it's the opposite of archetypal journalism, right? Like yes. you're really supposed to not do this. I'm not a but journalist. You want, you're invested, meaning you want these things to go up in value. I do, but I also am along for the ride and the narrative. And okay. it doesn't mean I want them to go up at all costs. Like I, I actually think it's pretty healthy right now that the market absolutely wrecked itself, itself in the as, last few days as we are speaking bitcoin is <laughs> 8000 it's hit its its peak of hilarity for quite it hasn't been this funny in a while the the best times to be involved in bitcoin media are during a crash oh it's so of good of course absolutely so good. because yeah. it's just it's also it's when Steal all the that. most obvious fantasies emerge when yes. people are like oh well you know if you want to believe in in states existing then go ahead, but I'm holding on. One of my favorite ones is when Bitcoin's going up, when people say that um, the U.S. dollar is at an all-time low against Bitcoin. Right, right. That's really, really good. But, okay, so we're at, but you know we're eight thousand one hundred and sixty-two, which is a lot of nonsense, Nickel. It's incredible how far the project has already come. Even if it collapsed tomorrow, when you were reading the uh, you know the post-mortem book about the cryptocurrency era it it's quite incredible like what has already transpired i would say so let's get i mean without getting into your personal life like will yeah. it really hit hard if this thing crashed for you no i didn't put in any money that i am like not comfortable losing okay. um, your daughter is going to have shoes i mean absolutely <laughs> no I, I treated it pretty much like i had a small amount of money in the stock market and didn't really know what i was doing and i would like i was like apple i don't like the new iphone sell right like oh i love these airpods buy uh and i basically shifted doing that to doing that with cryptocurrencies are there coin mutual funds yet there are oh no well there's etfs okay. there's coin-based etfs i don't know if that counts as a mutual fund so basically it's like <laughs> instead of buying bitcoins you're just buying a stock of someone who's buying bitcoins and when yeah. bitcoin goes up you lose a lot of the profits but you don't have to keep them yourself and you're not going to get hacked etc rich postlight builds platforms people need to know what a platform is what is a platform a platform is sort of the <laughs> what's under the hood. That's right. The stuff that's kind of lower that powers the whole thing. Instagram is a great example. You open up Instagram, it's got a lot of pictures. Yes. That's great. That's nice. Where do those pictures come from? 
the platform. That's right. It says, hey, give me all the pictures from all the people that I follow on Instagram. Tell me where they are and then go get those pictures themselves. Complicated, sophisticated, scale is a problem. Big engines, big racks and racks of computers sitting there serving all that stuff up. We do that. We love it. It's our job and we're pretty good at it. So get in touch. Hello at postlight.com. Let's get back to the show. Can I, can I tell you my theory? Sure. Okay. So one of my friends wrote an article for the Irish Times in like 2010. And he, he's like, in the article, he's like, yeah, you know, I figured I had to try this out. So I bought 70 Bitcoins at a quarter apiece. I got in touch with him. I'm like, what happened? He's there- like, this is a person. This is a journalist. He's immune to money. He's like, well, I bought some pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> I bought some mattresses, but I actually still have quite a bit in the in the in the wallet. So um, there's a whole strand of stories on our show already of journalists who bought Bitcoin for a stunt and are trying to find the Bitcoin they bought in like 2013 yeah, you to do like wallet. a like story about buying something on the Silk Road. There's a reply. Well, a lot of people kind of, you know, lost track, especially Meaning if they like only had forgot a forgot password. No, because if you look at it, it's like on some old laptop or something like it's like if I was like, hey, Rich, do you have your login for this like startup that went out of business in 2013? You'd be like, maybe. I thought that like once you have a Bitcoin, it's in the blockchain and it's everywhere. Well, it's still on the ledger, but if you don't know where your wallet is, you still need to know what your wallet your is code. and have the private keys to your wallet. That's yeah, just that's just saying can't they connect? there's an account, right? That's yeah, like but, saying, I yes, I know Rich Ziadi at Gmail has an account with me, but he does not have his password, so he cannot come in. No, but then I can go in and say forgot password. But no. but but you have to know that you're Rich Ziadi at G- Gmail. This is just going to be like know a your email. This is just going to be a hex. This is going to be like a uh, you yeah, know multi digit no hex. There's no correlation between the hex and the human being. No, no. it's it's you are just a number. In the, the correlation system. is with what? It's well, you would have with your wallet, like the company you could the company you registered your wallet with. For me, it would be like Coinbase correlates my email on my wallet but this was in 2013 this was like on tour oh, with I like so some sort of a gui wallet yeah you can get custodial wallets that that you so you that would be like yeah say, that would be like the like coinbase offers that kind of a service and you can buy and sell Bitcoin. i see robin hood has just started doing it square is doing it now so is it nonsense no what do you think because you're not a person who is afraid to think in like a utopian sense about software and its possibilities I think today it's nonsense. Uh, I think eventually there has to be a dotted line to actual value, whether it be services or resources. Bitcoin is in a vacuum as I see it today. And that eventually somebody is going to want to trace that line. And it's gonna, it leads to nothing today as far as I know. It's, it's just another representation of a dollar that has not, it should be one-to-one. It's a technology version of a dollar that is. But is it a dollar? Because you said that you were going to, you would, that the Lebanese currency was vaporware. So how does the Lebanese currency relate to the dollar? It's because it is in the marketplace. Right. It's a distressed dotted line, (laughs) right? Because Lebanon has some resources. Right. It has an economy based on expats that come in for vacations and whatnot mm-hmm. that bring American dollars and spend them. in. So it is in the marketplace. It just doesn't have leverage. Right. My viewpoint would be that the blockchain 
is that is what we're actually talking about, not the like the part that's like the U.S. dollar. Okay. So like think about like BitTorrent, right? Mm-hmm. You know when you download a movie from BitTorrent, BitTorrent who's, who's never com- done that. Who's never com- done that. Ne- never <laughs> happened. Oh, no. Oh, I'm doing all the illegal stuff on you guys' <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, you guys make me feel like I'm like a like outlaw here. I, I'm a pretty. Well, normal. I mean, we've it's got to create a story arc. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just uh, we're all right. Download okay. a movie from okay. BitTorrent. Okay, so where where what server did that movie come from? It didn't come from any server. It came from a direct connection to many many people's computers around the world, and you could go to any one of those computers' house, rip it offline. The movie would still exist. It would Correct. like until you got rid of all the computers all over the world. Wonderful analogy. What's powerful about that idea? Unplug a there's server. no there's no server, which means even a government can't really shut it down. You could put a a person on that network in jail, but you can't put the network itself there. You can't destroy it. Okay, right. so all the value that was created, there's some record of okay. what happened. So and that record is of, yes. all, the, of all the transactions, right? And okay. so now we've created a way not only that's the to, to maintain maintain that data set, but to have people add and subtract to it immutably so that no one can erase anything that's on it. Okay. No one can alter it. No one can seize it. You know, at least with BitTorrent, you could say, well, we've we've deleted the file from here, but there's not even really that potential uh, in, in a blockchain. Can't even do that in- so I guess like if you believe in this stuff, and I don't necessarily think you need to believe in this stuff, but if you believe in this stuff, what you'd believe is that a form of money that is not subject to any nation's control is potentially even more immutable than a form of money that a country controls backed by its resources and reserves, et cetera. It's like, could potentially be like a kind of a post national project Um, in the same way that many open source software projects are, are post national. That blockchain is really just the lowest layer and, once you take that idea of an immutable server that everyone can access without anyone controlling it, whether the project succeeds or fails is whatever people can build on top of that. And the first thing that they've built on top of it that's truly been viral is money. Right. See, this is my thing because I I think that like the connection between this technology and money is just almost a joke. Like it's a parody on human behavior. And I always felt that way about Bitcoin. Like when you read the original paper, you're like, oh, these guys are being dicks. Like they're just, they're playing with you. And they're going like, hey, we can make this like money. Ha ha. And then people took it seriously. Well, it's 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 a very elegant system. This idea of like mining and the and, you know proof of work and mining and how it's controlled and there's like a limited flow, so it's not like rushing into the market. Like it was a bunch of weird decisions like when you're making a board game yeah and generally when you're playing the board game you'd be like oh shit we didn't think of this you can just do this strategy and win every time not only did the white paper set out that board game but the board game the software has basically worked which is pretty surprising as people who've developed software it should have a major flaw in it no no i mean what they came up with you know 10 years ago is also what is out there now it's very it's you know there have been changes yes the network, but it's, it's, and there's the similarities thing. to the internet with that, which is I, why did we do this whole HTTP protocol? And all? it's like, I don't know, we did it and it seems to be working. Now people are building on it, top of it's that. It's what people want. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I draw a lot of similarities to the to the early web and, and how people are building on top of it, except it's way weirder. What I still struggle with is it hopped into the market. Yes. The market is driven by, they are units of value that you can always trace back to tangible value. Can you always trace it back though at a certain level or is the I, whole system kind of like built I th- like, I like, think the system takes care of itself. Yep. What Bitcoin has shown up to do is say, look at this project. Technically it's fascinating and really, really interesting. Let us play yep. and jump into this marketplace. But it's it itself is not tying back to anything that could benefit that marketplace. Okay. I'm going to give you the counter example. Go. What happens if every person who works in technology in New York City signs up for Venmo yeah. thing? Okay, well, the, the value of the startup Venmo goes up because they've claimed new unique users and market shares. And if it was acquired, it would theoretically be worth more money because more people are using it. And it has That's not why Venmo's value would go up. Why? why? Venmo's value would go up because they provided a service that they allows them to take a VIG to take a little bit of money off of each of one of those transactions. Right. So what happened? Okay. So here's a thing I can do with uh, cryptocurrency. Okay. I can work in the, uh, I'm a, a Filipino nurse and I'm working in the Middle East uh, in Saudi Arabia. And I usually pay a five to 10% fee to a Wells Fargo like company to send my money back to my family. Okay. Now I can do it as a direct digital transaction with mm-hmm. Bitcoin for, let's say, a fraction of a cent. Not right now, but Instead let's say- Instead of, let's say, $2. Right. Okay. So now I've, has Bitcoin claimed the value of that lost fee in the same way that Venmo has claimed it's VIG? Okay. You know what you just did? What's you that? redefined Bitcoin as yeah. a service. Okay. And you are taking a fee yeah. for the ability to transact from Saudi Arabia to the Philippines. But there's no company that controls Bitcoin. So who takes the fee? Does the fee go into the overall value of the network then? Wait, my understanding is that the fee for what it is, the transaction gets verified by the miners. Yes. Who are rewarded because after a certain period of mining, they unlock uh, complex hash codes that then are sort of the whatever they find a coin. Yeah. Whatever a Bitcoin is in quotes, that's what it is. They find a coin and they are rebroadcasting the network and they charge a fee for that service, but not the entire fee necessarily. I believe that overall the network is creating value in the same way that if Mike Novigor, if some hedge funder liquidates a hundred million dollars in us dollars and pours it into Bitcoin is the Bitcoin network not more valuable now that it's swallowed that money, even though it doesn't trace back to any point? Even if you go, when you go back to zero, all you have is like a line of code. The fact that a person poured $100 million into basically broadcasting that code all over the world and paying miners to broadcast that code and virally get more people to participate in the network and the code and to convert their money to the network and code. To no, me, that's, that's like a net value. That, no, but that value eventually. Yeah. Right. Event, like what Bitcoin is is a way of buying time, is is what you can say because eventually that value is susceptible to the marketplace, right? Yes. And it can't stand up when it finally gets called 
Because what you did, what you did with that example is you tied Bitcoin to value, real tangible value. Yeah. You went and sought out tangible value and you latched it onto Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? Today, what it's saying is, uh, we're really interesting technology, therefore we should be valued. Yeah. And some people are putting money into it, which the speculate, you know, what the speculation is, people will think this will be valued forever. Yeah. And therefore the money will remain where it is. By the way, there is value in Bitcoin. Some value in Bitcoin. Yeah. Is it six times the value of a dollar? Well, that becomes, I mean, that, that I feel like... I sort of the agree with you. Take care of that, the whole right? thing works whether Bitcoin's worth one dollars or one dollar or a hundred thousand dollars. The utility of this of the network is the same, but there's a total of twenty one million coins ever. So if more and more people want to play this video game, um, and there's only twenty one million coins ever. You can't tie it to $1. What happens when I want a coin and you've got the coins? And I'm like, I want to buy into the game. I want to go to the arcade. Okay. Now the now price I'm is above chase a dollar. you again. Yeah. You've created a game. It's a game. There are video games that cost $60 and you pay a fee every month to play the video game. Yeah. And if that's the value that is tangible, because human beings love to play games, yeah. then here we are. But what about the value of a, a sword in um, a role-playing game that there's only uni- one unique, the let's say there's only a hundred of them, right? And there becomes an economy for that sword. Does that lead back to nothing or does it lead back no, to the virtual it sword? No, back to joy. Is this the weirdest conversation no, we've I had on this great. I love this conversation. I think it's great. No, because I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think here you are. The Bitcoin digital sword. Incredibly, you know what you're talking about? Human satisfaction. Yeah. The tie back, which is what every video game is, when I get that sword, yeah. I'm in my mom's basement, but I got the big sword, feels really good. And I will pay you US dollars for it. Yes. Right? Well, the sword makes me more powerful and it's pleasurable to look upon. And I have it in my collection. And I mean, there's a... If you if you want to focus on materiality, you can start to get an argument that like it's pointless to buy books. You know, it's just yeah. look, you're helping me get there. And what I'm realizing is that people this is really tied to the technology is a decoy. <laughs> it's all bullshit. What this comes down to is that this plays on human satisfaction and desire. That's it. That is that is its tangible value. Just uh, as a Rembrandt. By the way, it could be tied to status. Could Comfort. be tied to it'll look Comfort. better. I'm gonna, Comfort. I need my is hundred million dollars. Is your religion be... art or is your religion technology? And where will we be in a hundred years? Will we be uh, with a technological religion or an art religion? Oh, in this case, I'd probably bet on the art. I think I'd bet on art too, actually. But yeah. right now, I think there are a lot of people who would bet on technology. You're, you're and we haven't even talked about altcoins yet, uh, which yeah. are like 10 times more entertaining and hilarious. We can't do it. We, we got to wind up. <laughs> I mean, uh, this right. was great though, because I learned a lot here. I, I, I had never, every time when somebody would explain the blockchain to me, I'm like, okay, very cool. Well, look, let's leave it there, everyone. <laughs> Coin. Listen to Coin Talk. How do I get to Just Coin Talk? Just go in a podcast app and search Coin Talk or go to medium.com slash Coin Talk. We have transcripts of every episode. That's the best. Transcripts Very are cool. important. I think transcripts are great. Well, Aaron. Um, Always a pleasure. That was oh. great. I am actually now. That was like meet the press. I'm very bit. excited to uh, about our new role in which you're my personal financial advisor. Absolutely. Paul, <laughs> Paul, two words. All in. All in. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to go buy 500 altcoins right now. Sumo coin. Oh, yeah. If you'll allow me to show my bags, Sumo coin. Sumo coin? (laughs) Yes. All right, I'm going to go check it out. Everybody, check out Sumo coin. Aaron, thank you. Thanks, Thanks, guys.